Chapter Twenty Eight of The Haunted Hangar by Arden Powell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading the Mepharon. Chapter Twenty Eight Night in the Hangar. Never was a returning prodigal greeted with more delight than was Sandy when, close to dusk, with a parcel under his arm, he joined Dick and Larry inside a little summer house in the Everdale Estate Grove where have you been demanded larry we hunted high and low we thought something had happened to you when we saw jeff fly his airplane away came here and didn't locate you i didn't mean to scare you but i've been awfully busy doing what sandy following farmer boys down hot sunny furrows while they picked vegetables for market dick following farmer boys what in the world for to ask them if their fathers would buy a book on family crests and have their coat of arms thrown in free have you lost your head sandy the youngest sky patrol grinned and shook his head in question no larry it was an excuse to get them talking i got the book out of mr everdell's library and used it to make them think i was a subscription agent so i could ask questions ask questions Dick and Larry spoke together. About what? demanded Larry, and Dick nodded to show he wanted an answer also. Well, about who is related to who, and family scandals, and who works for this one and that one, just gossip. Dick caught the impish youth by his shoulders and shook him. Stop that. Tell us where you've been and what you did. We've worried ourselves sick, nearly. I have told you. Then he became really serious. He had been all over that section of the farmlands, he asserted, to see if he could pick up any information that would give him some connection between either Mr. Whiteside or Jeff or the mysterious seaport passenger and Mimi or the yacht stewardess. If I knew that, I thought we could start patching clues together, he finished, because Jeff has a lot to do with this mystery. I think you're right, Dick agreed, but what started you off on that track? Taking an arm of each, Sandy led them, wordless, up the path. Spying carefully to be sure that Mr. Whiteside was not in sight, and being certain that no one else was watching, Sandy led his chums into the hangar. Across to one of its longer sides, he led them. These are the switches that work the rolling door motor, you remember? Yes, Sandy. What? Look at them before it gets too dark, Dick. Do you see anything strange? You know as much about wiring circuits as I do. We've both built amateur shortwave sending and receiving sets. You too, Larry. What isn't right about the switches or the wires? Thus guided, both studied the switches. All Larry saw was that the wires were of a braided form. But are they? He pulled a wire out a trifle from the sheath. Then his comrades observed what had first attracted Sandy's attention, puzzled him, and led to further search. One wire, somewhat lighter in its insulation than the other, was wound around the heavier one. They traced it, as Sandy had done. It seemed to wind on down, as did others he showed, from each switch pole into the protective sheathing of metal and insulation but none really were wound any further. 
from there on down they ran behind the other wires bend down close to the floor urged sandy see all the dust and lint piled up he scrapes on the side my exclaimed larry golly gracious gosh gravy granny the wires come out from behind the sheet and turn along the floor close to the wall there's dust all covering them no wonder we didn't notice them where do they lead to follow the dust line dick sandy urged back along the hangar wall they crept until they came up to the small wooden cupboard with its dusty frayed protecting burlap across the front under the cupboard boards the wires ran well concealed by more dusty lint which seemed to have been swept into the corners by the lazy act of some cleaner inside here but don't use a light inside here there are smaller duplicate switches for the electric light arc and the motors sandy informed his breathless admiring cronies they easily proved it more they located the wiring in the dusk but how does jeff get in and out of here asked dick we have to go outside so i can show you what i discovered tripping around to the rear at one corner sandy bade them bend down and examine the bolted metal sheaths large plates of sheet iron that composed the walls of the edifice i don't see anything objected dick dejected that he had not been as quick of wit as had his younger chum but then you saw it first by daylight i did that's so sandy gave them all the information he had i saw a break in the paint only up one half of this big plate of iron the bottom half pushed inward he explained it has hinges fixed to the inner part so it will lift up into the hangar and we can creep in he proved it and they followed him through the fairly low orifice now he said as dick last to crawl in cleared the edge of the metal see how clever this is the inside of the two plates it has to come down against are fixed with something soft i think it's felt to keep the plate from clanging it fits so well that the only way i found out about it was by the sun making the dent in the paint show up a few little bright worn spots of bare metal they complimented him with no trace of envy do you think jeff did this well larry he said he flew over here at night he chews gum and we saw how fast he chewed the day he pretended to be forced to land here he knew all about the emeralds and the most telling thing against him is that his wife mimi is mrs everdell's maid and was on the yacht mimi his wife sandy nodded at dick's exclamation miss serena saw her run in her uniform contributed larry how did you discover she was jeff's wife talking to farmer boys and they didn't know they found out from their older sisters when any of them were picking up early potatoes or snipping asparagus or digging up onions my golly gosh gracious sandy agreed with larry's exclamations but urged his chums to leave the hangar they knew all it could tell them he wanted to replace the book he had used and get away from the hangar for a while in the old disused house to which mr whiteside had secured a set of keys for them so they need not hang around the grounds until there was work to be done they talked in low tones sandy believed that jeff had 
coaxed his wife to put acid on the gems in the london hotel as it been done he might has he might be as much of a fanatic as that admitted larry but not with any great delight he had always liked jeff he is as superstitious as a heathen but the maiden knew those weren't the real gems dick remarked how do we know she did that's so but somebody said she did or thought she must know the real ones that doesn't prove she did dick the real ones were hardly ever removed from safe deposit sandy argued then why did she throw over that life preserver and as he began the inquiry larry saw the answer she saw the captain hyde the real gems he finished jeff didn't use the amphibian though and he brought us here and induced us to aid him saying we were helping mr everdale yes dick supplemented larry's new point another thing sandy that doesn't explain why he'd take three boys and fly a ship he could never use on water with an amphibian right here i am only saying what i believe i don't know very much but what i do know points to jeff but he didn't get the life preserver no sandy agreed jeff did not expect to do that he argued that jeff must have planned to superintend the affair while the man in the seaplane with tommy larson secured the gems whereupon jeff could chase him probably turn on him and get the emeralds and then pretend on his return that the man had gotten safely away but we don't need to guess sandy said before i began asking questions i met jeff on the way here he explained what made him suspect the man who said he must repair his stalled engine with a bolt that he knew was not made a slotted bolt i slipped down across that estate to the inlet and saw the amphibian and mr whiteside was in it supervising the filling of its tank then he means to get away with jeff no he doesn't said larry sharply here he comes onto the lawn pretending to be unaware of the arrival the sky patrol issued from the house they saw that mr whiteside carried a life preserver in black on its side was painted tramp new york well sky patrol and ground crew he hailed them we are going to see some excitement at last why asked larry how dick amended we are going to trap the real culprit how by watching in and around the hangar tonight and this time our bait will be this life preserver that i discovered in the swamp i guess the ghost was searching the amphibian and the seaplane for the right life preserver i devised a plan to get rid of the caretaker while jeff and i made a complete exhaustive search this noon we found nothing so jeff flew me over the swamp and we got this let's open it urged sandy all his former suspicions gone in his eagerness we can take out the emeralds and then put the empty doughnut in place no we won't tamper with it i want to deliver it intact to atley everdale his is in the right to open it isn't it a risk sandy objected no dick will watch inside the hangar larry and i by the doors sandy will be in or near the amphibian if jeff is the culprit we'll soon know if he had a confederate we will discover that perhaps also 
if it isn't jeff at all and i hope it won't be larry said if it turns out to be the seaplane passenger who discovered that in his terror he shoot jumped with the wrong belt and he comes to hunt the right one or if it is captain parks or his mate or a seaman mr whiteside began to chuckle as he led them toward the dark loom of the hangar or even if it turns out to be me did you walk under a ladder today sir asked sandy seriously no why the man stared at him through the night what makes you ask because jeff did he walked under a ladder where a man was pruning a tree as he came to the gate of the estate next door then if he's as superstitious as he makes believe larry laughed he'd better watch out he had that sandy agreed and dick as they entered the hangar rolled down the doors set the switch at neutral and he was alone with sandy in the pitching blackness echoed the sentiment a new idea flashed into sandy's mind do you know he spoke through the darkness dick we're not watching that amphibian at all if jeff did come here and manage to get away he'd go straight there and fly off dick agreed declared that with larry and mr whiteside within call he dared to wait in the hangar alone and sandy going out through the secret way encountered larry and the detective consulted them had their sanctions for his idea and hurried off toward the next estate thus divided up the sky patrol spent dull hours waiting but patience is always rewarded End of chapter 28